0: We are in a series right now called Christmas Is Not Cancelled. And I've uh, been loving the kickoff of this series. How I many know there's a lot of stuff that's been canceled this year? A lot of things. Uh, our, our holidays are looking differently, schools are looking differently, uh, just so many things are looking very differently. But we, we wanted to do this series because there are some things that are not canceled. That even though maybe your holidays may look different, and and maybe you know your vacations were canceled, there are things that Jesus gives us that are not canceled. And so we want to highlight those. Uh, really, this is an Advent season. If you know anything about Advent, Advent is is the arrival, the arrival of Jesus. And so we're we're gonna look at the kind of the things that we look at in Advent: peace, hope, and joy. Uh, last week we talked about joy. My joy is not canceled. I would encourage you to go watch that message if you haven't. It was a a great message Uh, because we just talked about how do we get our joy back and how the enemy steals it from us and how do we get it back. Today we're going to talk about peace. Everybody say peace. Come on, look at somebody. Tell them, peace be with you. Come on, look at it. Peace be with you. All right. We're going to talk a little bit about how our peace is not canceled. And uh, let's go to Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two is where we're gonna go. Now, if you have a phone, you can uh, pull out your phone. And uh, if you have our OSC Connect app, you can, uh, these notes are right there on there. If you don't, download the app, go to your app store, type in OSC, one word, connect, another word, and you'll find our app and you can download these notes right here. But uh, we're gonna go to Luke chapter two. We're gonna look at the, uh, uh, a scripture from the Christmas story that we all know. And we're going to talk about peace. So it says, glory to God in the highest heaven. And everybody help me with these three words. And peace God. on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. What's interesting is if you look at the life of Jesus, uh, Jesus would always end or begin his greetings with people with peace. He'd say, peace be with you. When, well, even in tragic events, he would always tell them, now go in peace. Paul, when he would write his letters, the very beginning of his letters, he would write and he would say, may you be uh, strong and grace and peace. And so we see all throughout scripture that peace is a part of what God wants for our lives. Now, when I say the word peace, Many of us have very different imagery that comes to mind when you think of peace. So let me help you here. I'm gonna walk you through a couple of things and you can tell me if this imagery brings peace to your soul. So let me give you the first one. So our first one here, come on, how many know? Some people, this is peace for them. Uh, A little hammock, a little beach, a little little riding of the waves coming in. It's very peaceful. For some of you who do not like the beach, this is not peaceful for you. Uh, Maybe this is more peaceful for you getting out into the wilderness, going and walking on hikes and enjoying God's beautiful nature. I know this is something our family enjoys doing. Maybe this is more like peace. Let me show you the next one. Maybe this right here is, come on, spa day. Somebody, come on. Some of y'all, somebody touching you is not peaceful. So you're like, this is not peace for me. But maybe a little massage, get your nails done, whatever. Maybe that's peaceful for you. All the parents in the room, maybe this next one's peaceful for you. Maybe this right here is peace. Come on, when a baby is sleeping, that is peaceful. I mean, know. You, you wanna get a mama bear upset, wake up her baby. You will see rage like you have never seen in your life, okay? So may, maybe late at night, whatever, your kids are all asleep. Maybe for you, that's peace. Maybe this is peace. Maybe having your bills paid and and having some savings, maybe for you, that is peace, like financial peace for you. Maybe it's the beginning of that. Now, if your savings is just some coins, you might need some more peace. I don't know, but this is peace maybe for you just to financially, we're we're good, everything's okay. Um, Or maybe you're like my wife, this is peace for her when the house is in order. It's clean. It's, she's, she cannot. She tells me all the time, I can't go to bed unless things are in their rightful place. Any, any other people like that? Like everything's just got to have its place and, and everything needs to be right. Kitchen needs to be clean. We need to make sure that all of this is, is right. I feel like I am at peace. And when she wakes up in the morning and it's not like that because our boys didn't do what she wanted to do, there's no peace for nobody. <laughs> nobody. Everybody gets, everybody gets it. So maybe it's like this. I don't know what it may be. It may be something totally different for you. But, but here's what I know. For many of us, peace is found in the absence of something. For us, maybe peace is found where there's the absence of strife, where there's the absence of chaos, where there's the absence of turmoil. If I don't have strife, don't have chaos, don't have turmoil, then I feel like I'm at peace. Now, there's a word that I want to give for that. It's what I call situational peace. And there's nothing wrong with situational peace. How many know, are kids sleeping? That's peaceful. That's good. Being able to go on a vacation, that's peaceful. Having money to be able to take care of your bills and be a blessing, that's peaceful. But it is situational peace. What I mean by that is it requires the situations in order to have the peace. But the peace that God desires for you and I to have is so much more beyond situational peace. Because sometimes, how many know the situations are not always favorable, Many of us go through situations in life that maybe we've caused or we, we haven't, but it's not that way. So you can have, watch, let me show you this way. You can have all the money in the bank and still have no peace. You can have a marriage and still have no peace in your home. You can have the greatest job and still have no peace situations around you could be good. I mean, you could have all of the Lysol and all of the toilet paper you want and still not have peace. (laughs) Come on, we found out that this year. All right? It, It don't matter. You can have all the things that look like would give peace and still not have peace. Some of the most miserable people I know have the most stuff, have the most money. So so what is Jesus telling us when he says that he's coming to bring peace, peace on earth? What does that mean? Does that mean we just don't have wars? Does it mean we just don't fight? Like, what does that mean? Well, if you go back to Isaiah, go to the Old Testament, I wanna show you a scripture here. And it's in Isaiah 26, verse three, and it says this. You will keep, everybody say these two words. Perfect, we'll try it again. You will keep in peace. Perfect peace, all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace. Now, I don't know if you're like me, I know a lot about imperfect peace. But perfect peace, like what is he talking about when he talks about perfect peace? Now, perfect peace is, uh, there's a word in the Hebrew that describes this. And so the Hebrew word for this is a word called shalom. Let me show you what this word is, shalom. Shalom. It means to have wholeness, complete, lacking nothing. Jewish people would use this as a greeting to people, shalom. They would use it as a, as a goodbye, shalom, same, peace with you. What they're speaking of is they're saying, I pray that you have wholeness. I pray that you're complete. I pray that you're lacking nothing. Now, when someone is going through really, really hard times and they're just kind of, their life is a mess, watch this, this is how we describe them. Their life is falling apart. Isn't that how we describe them? Their life is falling apart. What we're saying is, is that there's something missing in their life. They just can't handle it. Their life is all over the place. Shalom though, on the other hand, is wholeness, completeness, lacking nothing. Now, when I say that though, I need you to understand something because I wanna be very clear here that peace that God desires to give to us is not just always situational because you're gonna go through hard times. Jesus actually told us this. Let me show you in Luke chapter, or is it John? Yeah, John 16, says this. This is Jesus, okay? Red letters. In this world, you will have trouble. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say trouble. Trouble. All right, hopefully you didn't look at somebody who was the trouble, I don't know, but. You will have trouble. You will have Trouble. So, what he's telling us is, I can give you peace and you're gonna have peace, but it doesn't mean you're not gonna have problems. Doesn't mean your kids aren't gonna go crazy. Doesn't mean marriage isn't gonna struggle. Doesn't mean that there's gonna be times where you're gonna have financial issues. No, no, no. He says, you're going to have trouble. But there is a way for you to still, in the midst of trouble, have perfect peace. And that's my prayer for us. 2020 has been a year of trouble. It's been a year of hardships. It's been a year of things outside of our control. There's been things that have been within our control. But would we all agree it's been a hard year um, in a lot of different ways, uh, emotionally, physically, in our jobs. And so I wanna give us a a working definition of peace. Now, I'm normally a guy who's got two or three, sometimes four points. I have one today, one. This is how adamant I am about this one, because I don't think it needs to be added to. I'm going to give you a working definition of what I think peace is. Peace, if you want to write this down, is not the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. I'm going to say it again. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. There is a story in scripture that probably most of us know if you've read any of the gospels and it's the story of of Jesus and his disciples in a boat and they're crossing, going to another side and a massive storm comes. So big that we know that this is a storm that is now freaking out the disciples. Now, if you know anything about the disciples, majority of the disciples were professional fishermen. So these guys lived on a boat. It's what their dad did. It's what they've done. These guys have been in a boat and they've been in storms before. Uh, Last year, I got the opportunity to go to Israel and I got the chance to be on a boat in the Sea of Galilee. And if you um, ever get a chance to go to Israel, you need to take it, by the way. But it gives perspective because I got to see the same sea that the disciples rode on and there's mountains on one side and there's mountains on another. And when you think and you read these stories, one, it puts you in the middle of the story because I'm thinking a storm right here, it looked like I was just on a big lake. That's what all it looked like. But the Bible says that, that a storm comes in and it's so huge that these professional fishermen that have been on a boat and been on storms, it, it was to the point where these guys were freaking out. Now, I wanna show you something. Before I show you the scripture, I wanna, I wanna point out two things that were happening here. So number one is this. There was, there's two storms that were actually taking place. The first one is the visible storm. So thunder, lightning, waves, crashing, all of that. But the storm that you have to read into is the second storm, which is an invisible storm, which is fear, worry, anxiety that is in, in these men. And they are freaking out. And I'm gonna tell you something very, very carefully. I need you to listen to me. Because so much of our life, we are trying to control the storms on the outside, not realizing that the greatest thing that will take you out is the storms on the inside. The invisible storm is way more powerful than the outward visible. uh, The invisible storm is more powerful than the visible storm. Uh, And I'm telling you, this is so true in all of our lives. This year in 2020, COVID's been hard, yes. Church opening, not opening, that's been hard. Hurricanes, that's been hard. But there's nothing been harder in my life in 2020 than my own doubt, my own fears, my own anxieties, my own voice. That's what I've had to overcome the greatest in 2020, not a hurricane, not COVID. It's been what I've been telling myself because that has been the greatest struggle And what we've done, watch this, what we've done even in parenting is we have prepared our children how to leave our house and face the outward storms, but not warn them that the greatest storm they'll ever face is the one inside, not outside. Greed, fear, pride, worry, anxiety. Can we all just be honest in here? That's been a storm this year. That has been a hard storm that we've all had to navigate and all had to walk through because, so watch this. So when we, when we have storms that happen on the inside, our first reaction is to try to fix all the storms on the outside. So they're freaking out. And, and here's what I've learned about myself. Most of the time, I don't want perfect peace. I just want calm conditions. I don't want perfect peace. I want calm conditions. I want God to fix all this stuff. Fix them, fix this, fix that, fix this. God, if you would fix all that, I'd have peace. And God goes, No, 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 no. I'm going to give you a piece that you can walk through all of that. Because sometimes that is not the case. So, watch this, watch. So, they are freaking out. And because their inner storm is, is stirring up so much, it causes them to come to the one person that they know can maybe fix the problem. So, they go and try to track down Jesus. Guess where Jesus is? He's asleep. He's taking a nap on a boat in the middle of a storm. And yet, which yet again is a picture of perfect peace, isn't it? That a man can sleep in the middle when everybody else is freaked out. You have the Prince of Peace asleep and his disciples freaked out. So they go to the Prince of Peace and say, and this is what they say. Watch what they say to him. Teacher, do you not care Don't you care that we're all perishing? First off, it's a stupid question. One, because Jesus is on the boat with them. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's not like they phoned a friend and he was somewhere else and safe. He was like, we're all gonna die. Don't you care? And he's like, well, if we were gonna die, I'd be dying with you. Secondly, within this, within this, do you not care, I think is a question we've all asked God this year. I think this is something that we've brought to God this year and go, God, don't you care? Don't you see my family member that's in the ICU? Don't you care? I lost my job. Don't you care? Our our home is not looking like it used to because now we got all this stuff that's going on. Don't you care? I think they're just asking the question that all of us have asked this year. Don't you care? Where, Where are you in the midst of all this? But Jesus was not surprised. Now watch this. Here's the biggest part that has me wrestling with. So does anybody know why they're in the boat? They're in the boat because you know who put them there? Jesus. Jesus Jesus told the guys, hey, let's go to the other side. They get in the boat. Jesus gets in the boat and they go to the other side. Here's the question. Ready? Watch this. Question. Did Jesus know there was going to be a storm? Why would he do that? Why would God allow them to go through a storm knowing if we just delay it for six hours, the storm will pass through and we'll all go through it after with calm conditions and everybody will be good. But he chooses to let them go through the storm because I think there are some things that could only be produced in the hearts of the disciples through a storm that couldn't be produced any other way. Can I just say, watch this. Did God know what was coming our way in 2020? And yet he allowed it. I'm not saying he causes it, but I am saying he allows it. And I am saying he welcomes us into the middle of it because there are some things that get produced in our hearts only when we go through that, not other times. If it had been calm conditions, you would have never seen their fear. If it had been calm conditions, you would have never seen their lack of faith. If it would have been calm conditions, Jesus would not have the opportunity to perform what he just did. And I'm, let me show you what he did. He awakes, and he rebukes the winds, and he says to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Watch this, outward calm, conditional calm. But the next verse says this, There is another verse. There we go. Okay. All right. And he said to them, now, watch this. Now he's going to address the second storm. Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Now, this is what he's saying. Watch this. Have you forgot who's in the boat with you? Hey, do you remember, like, because I am Jesus, the son of God, that my father and I, like, we spoke these waters into existence. And, and by the way, did you just see what I did to these waters? Like, not only do these waters obey me, I walk on them. And so he's reminding them, hey, guys, listen, don't get spiritual amnesia. That's what, y'all know worry, worry does that, right? Worry is temporary atheism. That's what worry is. Worry is temporary atheism. We forget God's in the boat with us. We forget he's in control. We forget that God is in this moment, that God is working, that God is for us. And so what ends up happening is they run to Jesus and Jesus calms it. Now, watch this. Peace is the product of presence. Peace is the product of presence. Remember I said, peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. So we know that peace is a product presence, I can prove it to you. So years back when my boys were younger, you know, I'm I'm always about trying to get my boys to watch classic movies, like movies like Rocky. Like any father doesn't show his sons Rocky, you are failing your children, okay? (laughs) And you gotta show all of them, even the terrible ones. You know, you gotta go all through Rocky 63. You know, you gotta go through every one of them. So like classics, Indiana Jones and just different ones. So one year I thought, man, this would be great. I'm going to show my boys the classic came out when I was born, E.T. Wrong decision. Because for the next, I can't tell you how many months, Joel, oh, a year, thank you, babe. A year, my son could not sleep because he thought E.T. was in the closet. This is no lie. Every time we were going, go to bed, go to bed. Dad, E.T.'s in there, dad, E.T.'s in there. And the worst part is like now, like me and his older brothers would then play to that. We'd get like a little finger that had the little light on it and all that stuff, and we'd come in the room. And go, e. <laughs> oh, and so and so every time he would get freaked out and think that E.T. was in the closet, guess whose room he runs to? My bed. I created my own problem, but he runs to me and he runs to his mother because, watch this, because that's where he finds his peace. That's where he finds his peace. That's where he feels safe. That's where he feels secure, even though he doesn't know that his father's the one that created the problem, but he's running to the problem. (laughs) Sounds like Jesus, right? (laughs) And so, watch this. When we are fearful, we all run to something. So maybe you you run to uh, entertainment and just try to veg out so you can, like, I don't wanna even think about it because every time I think about it, it makes me feel bad. Maybe you run to a substance. Maybe you run to alcohol. Maybe you run to a friend. Maybe, I don't know. We all run to, maybe you run to Jamaica. You just feel like, I'm out of (laughs) here. Maybe you just run. I don't know. But like, when you're in the midst of pressure, we all run to something and we all run to something or someone that we think will give us what our heart longs for. The problem is most of the time what we're running to is a false substitute. Because we really want perfect peace, but we're running to things that give imperfect peace. They give it for the moment. They give it for the moment, but it doesn't give it really over time. And so understanding that God wants us to come into him into this moment, into experiences. As I said, this year's been such a a difficult year. I I read a thing recently that, that shared the top three hardest jobs in America. Number one, the president of a university. Number two, the president or the CEO of a hospital. And number three, a pastor. I was like, praise the Lord, awesome. Um, and I, I, will, I will admit, there have been many times this year where I've called Pastor Bubba up and said, you can have it back. You can just take it. It's yours. Like, I'm done. And, and I'm thankful to have a pastor who has modeled how to handle stressful situations I've watched Pastor Bob and I've watched Tracy get very hard news. I've watched them handle very difficult situations in our church. And I've watched that man go into his office and close the door and just seek the Lord. And I'm thankful for that because that's what he pushes me to go do. You need to go hear the Lord. Uh, so every time I wanna quit, he just challenges me to go, go spend time with Jesus. Let him do that. Let, let him begin to speak to you. And, and, and here's what he knows. He knows this next verse, watch this. He knows John 14. This is what he's pushing me to. This is Jesus, yet again, red letters. that says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Now watch this. Y'all remember how Jesus responded to the disciples in the boat? He told them, why are you afraid and what happened to your your faith? What happened to your faith? Why why are you afraid and what happened to your faith? And Jesus says, I'm going to give you not just a peace, but I'm going to give you my peace. And and here's what my peace is going to do. My peace is going to help you not have troubled hearts and not have fear. This is what God's peace does in the midst of difficult situations that we can come and have his peace. Now, how do we do that? How do we get shalom? How do we get perfect peace when everything around us is crazy? How do you find perfect peace in 2020? Well, let's go back to, let's go back to our first verse. Isaiah, where he said it, he said it this way. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. And now he's going to give us how we do this All whose thoughts are what? Are fixed, are fixed on you. So let me tell you what fixed is. So in the Hebrew, fixed, watch this. Fixed is the the word samak, S-A-M-A-K, samak. It means to lean completely on. All whose thoughts are fixed, who, who lean completely on God. Notice Isaiah doesn't say you'll have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on CNN. We'll go to the other side or fixed on Fox News. Notice it doesn't say you're, you're, you don't have perfect peace when your mind is fixed on the problem or when your f- mind is fixed on your, your marriage or when your mind is fixed on your deficiencies, which by the way, that's what the enemy always wants to remind you of is your lack and your sin and your deficiencies and your failures. And he says, no, no perfect peace doesn't come when your mind is fixed on those things. It is fixed when it's completely leaned on, when it's completely leaned on Christ, on who he is, on what he does, on the word and the scripture that brings truth to our lives. So, ready? Here is the question. The question we've all gotta wrestle through. If you right now are needing perfect peace, here's your $10 million question. What's your mind fixed on? What's your mind fixed on? Because here's what I know. The way I think informs how I feel and how I feel informs what I do. If you wanna change what you do, don't change how you feel, change what you think because your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts and whatever you're thinking about, you become. As a man thinketh, so is he. I'm telling you, this is, this is so huge here. We'll probably do a whole series in 2021 just talking about our thinking and our process. Depression comes from wrong thinking. Fear comes from wrong thinking. Anxiety and worry comes from wrong thinking. Are y'all with me today? This is, I, this is so huge. How do we find perfect peace? For those whose thoughts are fixed, leaned heavenly upon him, we are fixed on him. What consumes your mind? Some of it might be financial things consume your mind or political stuff consumes your mind or all the COVID stats consume your mind or whatever it is, you're going to find yourself getting stripped of peace because God's calling us to fix our things, fix our minds on the right things. Watch what Philippians 4 says. Philippians 4, eight through nine says it this way. Fix your Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Watch this. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received. Keep putting into practice. When do I need to do this? On Sundays? No. Every day. Every day you should practice thinking about what is right and honorable. And if you keep doing these, all these things you've learned, every time you hear sermons on Sundays, it's not just to fill your memory and your mind with a bunch of messages. Come on, let me know a message that's not lived out doesn't work. That's why I tell people all the time, like, we don't come to church just to learn more about God. We would come to church so we can know God, so we can live like God, so we can become like God. And so we gotta work this thing out. We gotta put it into practice. We gotta learn it. We gotta receive it. And everything you've heard from me and you saw me doing. This is discipleship at its greatest. That we have people around us that don't just share truth with us, but they live truth. And so we see it. Then, this is huge. It's a conditional promise. When you do this and walk this way, then the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. Fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts. You know, the average person, when it comes to anxiety, watch this, 40% of what they focus on never happens. 30% of the things that they focus on is from the past. 12% of what they focus on is about criticism from other people. 10% of what they focus on is about things about their health, which by the way, if you're worried about your health, you actually your health gets worse because of worry. It's funny how that works. And then 8 per, 8% of things that we actually focus on are actually real problems that we face. So this scripture tells us though to fix our thoughts. Another word on that would be to meditate, to meditate. Now, I'm not talking about like some yoga stuff, like you sit in the room and cross your legs and alms. Um, but you may say, well, I don't know how to meditate. I, I beg to differ. The Puritans put it this way. Watch this. They said this. Puritan writer said, you know how to meditate if you know how to worry. Watch this. You know how to meditate if you know how to worry because meditation is, uh, I mean, worry is negative meditation. Because when you worry, you think about the problem all day long. But when you meditate, you, you, you meditate and you think about God's, God's word and God's truth all day long. Are y'all with me? This is really good preaching, 11 o'clock, okay? Trying to help you here. Meditation is simply the ability to think on something all throughout the day. And just as much as we do that with worry about the wrong things, if we were to replace it with the right things, we begin to meditate and watch how our disposition and our peace comes back. Not because you got calm conditions, but because you got the Prince of Peace that lives on the inside of you. Amazon, um, I don't know if y'all uh, read books on a, on a Kindle. Um, there's some books that I like to read paper and then there's some books that I like to read via Kindle and some of it changes based off if I know if I'm, a, I'm gonna be traveling and I don't wanna carry a lot of books, I'll read on a Kindle. If you've ever read a book on Kindle You would notice this is that there are certain verses, um, I say verses, lines, sentences, quotes that are underlined like with a dash underneath it. And this is what it said, highlighted by others. They show you what other people who have read the book highlighted in the book. It's kind of just like, these are things that stuck out to them. And so recently Amazon released a, uh, the, the most favorited highlights of very popular books that are on Amazon. So like all the, the Harry Potter uh, series, the Hunger Games, um, Pride and Prejudice, but they also released the most highlighted passages of scripture that people have read in the Bible that, that read it on Kindle. Do you know what the number one most highlighted verse by people was in the Bible? Now, I would have thought it was John 3.16. How many would have thought John 3.16? It's not. Then I would have thought, okay, well, maybe like the um, Psalms 23. Maybe like, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I mean, that, you know, that's a very common verse. Let me show you what the number one most highlighted verse in Kindle was. It's actually found in Philippians. It's Philippians 6.7. Do not be Do you think like people are trying to tell us something? The most highlighted verse in all of scripture, on Kindle, is a verse about anxiety. It says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, in every situation. When the doctor gives you good news, when the doctor gives you bad news, every situation. Your marriage is doing well, your marriage is doing terrible. In every situation. When you have a job, you don't have a job. Like in every situation, I'm just not gonna be anxious. What I'm gonna do though is is by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, I'm gonna gonna present my request to God. I'm I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna bring these before him. And when I do that, yet again, here we go, the peace of God. So we've had the God of peace. Now we have the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Watch this. It's going, to, it's going to guard your, your, your troubled hearts. Because that's what Jesus said. Jesus says, I'm going to give you my peace, and it's, it's going to help your, your hearts to not be troubled. So I'm, I'm, my peace is going to come, and it's going to, it's going to guard your heart. And, and it's also going to guard this, though. It's going to guard your mind. It's going to guard what you think about in Christ Jesus. This is what it's going to do. That... that if, if I can, watch this. Here's, here's what we're doing. I'm going to take all of my worry. I'm going to take all of my fears, all of my anxieties, and I'm going to turn them into prayers. Watch this. This, this is huge here. If you're going to worry, you don't need to pray. But if you're going to pray, you don't need to worry. You don't, you don't need to worry. Like if I'm going to pray... I'm gonna bring it to the Lord and say, God, you've got this, God, you can handle this. And then I have trust and then I get peace and it guards my heart, it guards my mind. So many of us are looking for situational, circumstantial peace. God, I just want calm conditions. Not realizing the greatest storm you have is on the inside, not on the outside today, I pray just as much as God, uh, as Jesus stood on that boat and looked at that storm and said, peace be still. I pray that those words would ring true, not just for your outside situation, but for your inner heart. Peace be still. For some of you, your mind is racing all the time. Peace be still. Peace be still. I don't know how we're going to do this. I don't know. Peace be still. Peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. Peace is the product of presence. I get into his truth. I get into his presence. I want to end today with a prayer that I think all of us can pray. I'm going to make this very practical. You can pray this today when you leave, all throughout this week. This is a very simple prayer, which sometimes I think some of the greatest prayers are the simplest because they're the most heartfelt. Revelations chapter 20 22 sorry. Revelation chapter 22 is the last book and the last chapter in all of the Bible. And I think it gives us actually a way to pray. And this is what it says in Revelation 22:20. 20. Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. You know that's a prayer you can pray right now. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, you say, well, Pastor Josh, I thought the Bible says, like, God is with us and he never forsakes us and he never leaves us. Yes, it's true. God is always with you, but let me explain it this way. Lindsay and I are married. We live in the same home, but there are times where she doesn't want me around her. And if y'all have those moments in marriage? Like, you can just stay on your side, side of the house, side of the bed, like you just stay on yours. We're married, is she in my home? Yes, has she left me? No, but is she near me? No, because she's got to want me close and I've got to want her close. Watch this, there is the presence of God. Bible says he's near the brokenhearted, that he's around us. I believe the Holy Spirit's always walking with us. Watch this though. But there is a difference though, when we have what's called the manifest presence of God, which is that we invite him to come closer and he steps in. Was he ever gone? No, but he is closer now than ever before because I welcomed him here. Are y'all with me? There are situations you're going through right now. God is right by you, but he would love to come closer. If you would say this, come Lord Jesus. Some of you are dealing with stuff with your children and you've been dealing with it all by yourself and you just need to say, come Lord Jesus. Some of you are dealing with some relational drama that's in your family right now and you just need to say, come Lord Jesus. I don't know what everyone in here is dealing with, but I do know that our solution is not found in us trying to work it and do more and try harder. And that's not to say we don't have a part in it, we do. But here's the beauty that when we invite God to come, he gives us wisdom on how to handle the situation. He gives us peace that is not circumstantial. He gives us peace that only comes from him. So that's my prayer. My prayer this week is that whatever you find yourself that you would say, come Lord Jesus. Years ago, we had these bracelets made and uh, I never take mine off, it always stays on. I just just actually upgraded to a white version. I had a black on black version, but it was getting old. And um, on it, it has two words. What does it say? Pray first. Pray first. And it is a it is a reminder that when I wanna worry first, I don't, I pray first. When I wanna respond first, I just, st- Snap it, you know. <laughs> like, oh yeah, pray first. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna pray, all right. Uh, but it it, it it reminds me what is the first thing I need to do in a situation when I wanna when I wanna send out an email or I wanna wanna comment on Facebook or I wanna do something. I just mm, let's just pray first for a moment here. This bracelet has saved me from a lot of stuff. Saved me from a lot of regrets. It it is, it is reminded me in moments when I want to quit to seek the presence of God, which by the way, we have tons of these out in the foyer. You can grab as many as you want. And uh, I pray that they will be a reminder that maybe in whatever you're going on, you just say, come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus.